Good afternoon, everybody. This is John Barrows with Make It Happen Mondays. Hopefully you all had a fantastic weekend. I took the weekend off and went down to a Newport and uh, watched a polo match, which was always fun. I uh, got drunk and made some fun of some super hoity-toity rich people. Uh, blew off some steam there. But uh, I'm excited because today we're actually, uh, I got Lucas on. And Lucas is actually a colleague of mine. He actually works with Jay Barrows runs all the social stuff. So all those uh, images that you see on social, all the videos and everything else, uh, Lucas is the man behind the scenes on that one. So Lucas, want to say hi to everybody? Hey, everyone. I'm glad to uh, finally be on the podcast after producing, well, this is episode 69 of Make It Happen Mondays, but we've thrown in a few other bonuses. So it's nice to be on the other side of the microphone for a change, but I am not looking forward to editing it and hearing my own voice and hearing <laughs> how, how terrible I sound. So... Yeah, that's always the hard part about uh, like I always tell people if you want to get better at something immediately, just record yourself doing it, right? Oh, it's, like, it's, like, and this is related to cold calls, right? If you quote, like, I highly so here's some small tips. Not that the topic is this, but just some small tips out of the way early. People cold call yourself, leave yourself a voicemail message. You're not going to need any coaching because you'll listen to exactly how bad you think you sound. Yeah. Um, same you thing. Want to stop saying like uh, um? Listen to yourself once. Exactly, and uh, even presentation skills training. So I I didn't do presentation skills training when I first started doing this, and then all of a sudden, about four years in, I was like, all right, you know what? I, I probably should go at least get some basics here, right? And I they recorded me, and I was horrified mm-hmm. by some of the stuff that I was doing up in in front of a classroom. So. Uh, record yourself doing stuff, get better at it. But that's not the point of today's topic. Today's topic is side hustle because we hear a lot about side hustle. I mean, obviously, Lucas, we're, we're big fans of Gary Vee here and he talks all about side hustle, side hustle. Yep. Flip challenge, go yeah. garage sailing at 6.30 on a Sunday. Right. So, you know, and I, and I talk to a ton of people, especially in <clears throat> San Francisco, California, Texas, who all have side hustles or things they're working on that are kind of bigger picture or something kind of dream that they have to, to go after. So I, you know, I thought we'd spend this half hour just chatting about side hustles and, and our perspective on them and how I think you and I look at them um, so that people don't get uh, too distracted on side hustles and think they absolutely need them or, um, you know, think really more about the purpose of side hustle. Let's talk. So let's talk about side hustles. Like what's your perspective on, First of all, yeah. what's kind of your definition of a side hustle uh, and then what's your perspective on them and, and how should we approach them, right? Yeah. So let me, let's take a step back and I'll give a little bit of background for the listeners. So a few years ago when I was working full quota carrying a e-job, we started an e-commerce company, Treats Happen. I know a few people have actually mentioned me, men, messaged me saying that they've heard about it on the podcast. So it's a natural dog treat company. We were just making some dog treats for ourselves. Some other people wanted them. So we figured, you know what? Let's see if we can sell them. Let's see if there's a market for it. And at the time, we just thought it would be a way to write off some stuff that we buy for our dogs uh, uh, come tax time. And I know you know working in sales with your commission checks going up and down. It's Sometimes you pay way too much tax. Sometimes you don't pay enough. So then you get a nice little tax at the end of the year. So that's really what we start, how we started it as. And since then, over the last few years, we've grown. Now we're in a couple hundred retailers across Canada, the U.S. We're talking to some more big ones. And that's where we are now that have, that's grown from a side hustle. But that's really not what everyone wants with a side hustle. And to me, it's really a hobby that you're monetizing, monetizing in quotation marks, because you might not make money, but you might get experience from it. You might get to give back. Maybe it's it's something else. So 
for example, maybe you volunteer with a charity to run their email marketing mm -hmm. and you're not really making any money doing it, but it's the exact same work that you could be doing for some small local businesses running their social or doing anything like that. So I really think that for me, a side hustle is a way to monetize a hobby or even your spare time. Because it might not be a hobby. It might be a skill that you're learning or doing what Gary does and going garage selling and flipping it on eBay. And it turns into a hobby. But it's really a hobby that's for profit. Well, I think it's also with purpose, right? I mean, to your point, whether it's for profit or for experience, mm -hmm. I think the, the thing with side hustles that concerns me a little bit is that it really takes your focus away from your primary, right? So, you know, if you're, so like if you're selling, right, if you're in sales and you got a side hustle and you're doing something else, my position is this, is like if it, if it supports what you're doing and it kind of complements it and so you're learning a different skill and that type of stuff and, it, and you can then relate it back to your job, okay. Or if you're in a job right now where you just really don't like it, and, but you don't have the luxury of saying, you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to bail on this and I'm going to go do something different, right? If you don't have that kind of luxury because you have bills to pay and those type of things, it, your side hustle can be something that you ultimately want to do um, that's different, that's completely different, but it's got to have, it's got to be part of a plan, right? Don't just do and it. Gaetano from Sales Hacker po did a post on LinkedIn recently about it. And it was the perfect example where he interviewed someone for his marketing team. And career-wise, it would have been a lateral move. I think the person was in IT or something. Mm -hmm. But they didn't really have a lot of marketing experience. They didn't know how to use Google Analytics. They didn't know how to use uh, HubSpot or have any inbound certifications. And that's really supporting where you want to be. And Gaetano said to him, hey, go get these certifications and work on a couple of your friends' businesses and show me that you can run a few reports and come up with some critical suggestions. Right. And you can do that in your spare time. You can go start a business or go work with someone else if you know that they don't have the resources to do it to say, hey, let me help you out. If maybe you get to the point where you can charge a little bit or maybe you are doing it with that purpose of saying, you know what, I want to apply for jobs, but I don't want that junior position. So I need some experience. I need to be able to show a few things that I've done. I can now go in and say, hey, this is the report from Google Analytics that I pulled. These were the suggestions that I implemented or these were the suggestions we we discuss implementing, and these were the end results. Mm -hmm. So now, without leaving your job and giving up that income for six months, 12 months, two years, you have those stories that you can go tell and not be making that junior move. And really, I think that one of the reasons why side hustles have become so popular is you couldn't really do that 20 years ago. You couldn't go do accounting for someone part-time or work on their books. You couldn't say, hey, you know what? Let me design some magazine ads for you because mm -hmm. the cost was so high to implement them. But now the cost to implement anything has come down so much. Anyone can really do it at any time, which I think that's a topic for another day is has the, have the barriers of entry gotten too low? Mm -hmm. But if you're motivated, you can really go and do anything. You can write a book. You can get it published. You can do literally whatever you want. There's not a lot of barriers to entry here. Yeah, and I, but I think, again, if it's not either supporting what you're doing so you're learning or it's not putting it in, in place for a plan, then I think it's a, I, I think it's a bad idea personally, right? I agree. I'm sure there's plenty of people that could argue the other way, right? Fuck it, just go hustle. Regardless, hustle is hustle. But this kind of gets back to my whole mentality of, you know, I used to have, you know, my 12 guidelines to success, right? Like my 12 principles, whatever. Uh, and one of them was always have a plan B, 
Like that, they, like for a, for a few years when I first came up with them, I was like, hey, always have a plan B. Actually, no, you know where this came from? It was when I got fired from Staples. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a plan B, right? So I was for seven years, head down, trying to grind, trying to figure it out, not looking at any options at all. And then Staples, you know, offered me another position and ultimately fired me. And I, I kind of had a panic attack there because I'm like, holy shit, I haven't even thought about anything else here. And mm-hmm. so what am I supposed to do? And so in, inherently I was like, you know what? I should have had a plan B, right? Because I knew this wasn't going in a good direction. I probably should have started looking otherwise. But I, I've act, I actually now disagree with that pretty strongly because with, with a plan B, that means you always have a default, right? So that, which, which in my opinion, takes you away or distracts you from your plan A, mm-hmm. right? I think you should be the, my opinion is like when you're going for something, burn the paddles, you know what I mean? Get on the island, burn the boat and, and say, yeah. screw it, I'm, I'm all in. Um, because otherwise you're like, yeah, well, if that doesn't work out, I could always do this. And that means that plan A is never going to work out as well as you want it to. And you're not going to give it the effort that you could. Now, with that, you know, I've, I've shifted that, I'm not always on a plan B, instead of that, to make sure you're okay with worst case scenario, right? Yeah. Which is every decision you make, make sure you're okay with worst case scenario. But I want to talk about how that distraction, like, how do you see the plan? How do you see side hustle if it's completely outside and it's really just something to make a few bucks here or there? Like, how do you see that impacting somebody's actual, what they're doing and, and their growth path for what they're trying to accomplish? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on what you want to do. I mean, going back to, is it that monetizing a hobby? So I've gotten into triathlons recently and they said, they sent out an email saying, hey, we're looking for officials. So I signed up and took the course and now I can make a little bit of money on the side just officiating if I'm not racing or competing. And mm-hmm. it could be, maybe you like working on cars. So you buy old beater cars, you fix them up, then once every couple of years you sell them and you have to make a bit of profit, then you do it again. So is that, is having a hobby going to take away from your growth? Probably not. If anything, it's probably going to help because who knows who you'll meet, what doors it'll open, they can help you out. But I think it's really when it switches into your your mental capacity. If you're focusing on your side hustle as your primary and then your work really becomes your, your side hustle to support that hobby or that lifestyle, that's really when it is. And I think it depends on where you are in your career as well. If you're still early in on your career and you're focusing you're honing your craft. I mean, I've been doing social now for nine and a half, 10 years. And it's interesting because it's always changing, but it's also at the point now where I'm comfortable. I'm only now getting comfortable with what I recommend with how everything plays into the bigger picture. So if you don't have, I'd say 10 to 15 years experience, you really do need to focus on that core growth to start. And then maybe you're looking to shift something else. So it's, you, you need to time box it. It's you, and you also need to be be really honest with yourself and say, am I putting way too much into this? It's, am I skimming away a couple hours during the day when I could be more productive on my main goals that's paying the bills? Yeah. And it gets into something that you and I were talking about, especially in sales where it's uncapped. Let's say instead of that, that side hustle time, let's say half an hour a day during the week and a half day on the weekend. So an extra eight to 10 hours every week. If you put that into closing an extra deal a quarter, so a deal where that gets you into accelerators, what's your commission going to be on that versus what you get out of doing the side hustle? 
you might make 200 bucks on your side hustle, which equates to four bucks an hour, or that one deal that you put in that extra work, all of a sudden now you're making 600 bucks an hour because you're in a much more advantageous spot. So you really need to know what you're doing with your time, but it's a personal choice too. What makes you happier? What do you want? Well, I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with your satisfaction and your drive for your existing job, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have a side hustle that is uh, because you're not liking your job, then make sure that that is a, a, a bridge to another career or a bridge or to your point, opens up other opportunities or puts you in a position to have conversations with other people that might open up opportunities for you in whatever direction you want to go in. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I've all, I, I look at Shark Tank. So I know the, they got the yep. Shark Tank version up in Canada and they get the one here too, but you know, Every single time I see uh, when I talk, when I watch Shark Tank, they'll ask, hey, is this your number one job? Like, is what, you know, do you all have full time jobs or how you manage it? And they're like, well, you know, this is no, I'm a full time doctor. I'm a full time lawyer. I'm a full time whatever. And I do this on the side. And those people, unless the idea is so fucking good, you know what I mean? Where it's like, holy shit you know, yes, like we're going to invest in that unless it's so good. Like none of them will invest. But even then the idea is worthless unless they have some IP that they can afford to not do it. They never get invested in because they know it's not that distraction. And there was that one episode where Robert just bought the company outright and said, I'll just pay you to run it for the next two years. I can tell you're going to want the next shiny thing, but it's such a cool company. I think it was the the portable record player that it was a car that could spin around on the record and play it. And Robert just said, I love it. Yeah. I know you're not going to run this. You're going to run it into the ground in two years. So let me run it. I'll put you in as CEO for two years, give you a nice yeah. fat contract and a royalty. And then when you want to do the next thing, yeah. you can go on to the next one. But you really can't juggle two things. You yeah. can't be all in for both. You can no. Even side hustles. I mean, even side hustles that are complimentary. I mean, I will say like one of the, the, the other thing that, that I constantly, you know, try to do for myself is is focus right you know we talk about that that big five-year plan about where do you want to be from a lifestyle standpoint and then back into that and figure out what goals do you need to be you know going for to be able to hit that bigger goal right yeah and and i'll give you an example like um probably about four years ago i came up with something that i thought was was perfectly complementary to what i was going to do and um and it was my opinion here a great idea um it was the whole sales from the streets right And so for those listening, sales from the streets, what it was, and this was about four or five years ago. So the, and if there's anything I've learned in, in, in startups and everything like that, it's timing, right? Timing's, timing's everything. There you go. It's still there, even though we, could, we brought it down, right? Um, but timing's everything. Like you could have the best idea ever. If the market's not ready for it, it doesn't matter how great that idea is. I mean, I've seen idea after idea fail and then come back around. Like for instance, Uber wasn't the first Uber, right? It was no. Time that way. So for me, sales from the streets, the whole idea was crowdsource sales training, right? Where I could go around and get a bunch of video tips, like two minute video tips from all my, everybody I knew in this industry, and then combine them and tag them based on industry role and trigger and on sales stage and that type of thing and having a little app. So now reps could walk into the office and say, oh, objection handling. It'd be 10 videos from sales reps out there doing objection handling and they just thumb up, thumb down, that type of thing. And so I was like, you know what? This is perfectly complimentary what I do. I train in nuggets. I train in tips. Mm-hmm. And so I dropped probably twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 into this. I spent a lot of time getting video tips from other everybody else, right? Mm-hmm. I built the app. I had the app. And because it wasn't my primary focus, 
it died. Yeah, that there was. was I can so assume that there's not enough promotion because you couldn't put the time in, and it's. That's why one of the reasons that I'm so passionate about sales is everything is sales. If you're going and pitching influencers or media or someone to talk about you, you're selling. You're selling them to cover you, and then you're either negotiating what you pay them to do it or why they should cover you and not the 50 other pitches that they've gotten that week. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to do everything as a side hustle, no matter how great the idea is. Well, and that's, and that's, I mean, I, I looking back on it as cool as that idea is. And to this day, like if it came out today, if I relaunched that app today, I think it'd be a massive hit because I think now video and all that stuff and just in time learning is there. Mm-hmm. Um, but and it's easy to produce video too now. Right. It's a lot easier than it was a few years ago. Right. And so now it's kind of like, but I look back on that and I'm like, shit, man, I wish I didn't do that because not only did it cost me 30 grand to give or take, but it also cost me a significant amount of time mm-hmm. that I should have been putting into, you know, the training, improving the content or whatever it is. And who knows, right? I mean, obviously uh, things keep moving in the right direction. We're moving, you know, we, we keep growing, but I maybe could have grew a little faster. You know what I mean? I, I might've made some better decisions moving forward with other investments instead of making that investment. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I look at it at focus being the key to anything. I mean, I talk, when we talk about training, right my number one recommendation for reps and training is when it comes to time management, because that's always a huge issue. Every rep is always like, Oh, time management, you know? And I always look at them. I'm like, time. It's not because you're too busy. Like they're like, Oh, I'm being asked so many things to do. I'm like, shut up. You're not busy. No. Like look how much you travel and how much you get done. Yeah. Same thing. And I don't want to to my own horn, but I work for you full time. I'm running a business on the side. I'm an advisor to my first startup. I'm running triathlons. Yeah. I have a life. It's, yeah. But it's just about focus, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm busy. There's people out there who are ten times busier than I am, and and but I still get my shit done because it's because I I've stopped doing a little bit of everything and I've started to say, okay, you know what? For an hour, I'm just going to do research for an hour because I can get very efficient in that hour doing research. Now for the next hour, I'm just going to make cold calls because I can get very efficient making cold calls when I'm just making. For the next hour, I'm going to do this, right? And by focusing on that, you can have that okay, I can get this done. And it's the same thing from a business standpoint. The more diverse you are with all the different things you're trying to get accomplished, the less you're actually going to get accomplished. Yeah, you can't say, oh, I'm going to go in QuickBooks here. I've got three receipts here. Just put those receipts aside and do it once a week, once a month, and do it all at one time. Because you A, it's hard to shift tasks, and B, you get faster the longer you're doing it. So you might start off doing one a minute, but then at the end of the hour, you're doing two a minute because you get into that routine and that pattern. Yeah. And it's also like from a consulting standpoint, when I talk to company like reps or, or people who are trying to start businesses, you know, especially in the consulting space, I'm like, you know what, I'll just share with I'm like my recommendation, whatever, take it for whatever it's worth. But I'm just going to share how I've built mine and how it's been successful is that I've gotten hyper focused on two programs, right? We got filling the funnel and driving a close. And I always tell people, look, I'm a two trick pony. I got filling the funnel. I got driving a close. After that, you know, you want a 201, 301, 401 version of it, not me. You want somebody to come in and consult with you and assess your situation and map out like a full, full strategic plan, not me, those type of things, which is very narrow in the world of sales. I mean, I could do a whole bunch of shit. Yep. You know, I, I mean, I've been in sales now for 22 years. I've seen almost every methodology there is out there. I got experience 
that I can, I probably forgotten more about sales than most people have learned early in the twenties and that type of stuff. So I could do a lot of stuff, but what I was finding when I first started doing this consulting stuff, that the more random shit that I was doing, I, I wasn't great at anything. Nope. So I just honed in and said, you know what, forget about that. Let me refer all those other, right. And now that's why Megan does most of our sales. Our COO does most of our sales because I tell her don't sell. I go, yeah, look, when somebody comes to us, Either it's a good fit or it's not. Yeah, ask these questions, tell them what the program is, and this is how much it costs. And if they want, if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Don't try to convince them, right? So, and it's yeah. made sales so easy. It's made our target audience so mm -hmm. know exactly who our ICP is. We know exactly what the value proposition is. Mm -hmm. And, and that goes into one of my ethos of you see companies all the time try to do a million different offerings and try to be everything to everyone. But if you can't sell, a million dollars or a thousand units of this one thing, what makes you think that you can sell a hundred million of everything else? Yeah. It's and jumping back into side hustles. It's just try to do one thing. Like on the weekend, I was making pickles with my buddy. Maybe your side hustle is something that you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And then you go sell those pickles at a farmer's market. And then you sit, put away that money and you go on a vacation. Right. And it's that focus. You know what? No, all we do is dill pickles. We don't go into Bloody Mary spices. We don't do cut up speared pickles. We do whole dill pickles. And when you really start to think objectively of anything, whether it's a an arts and crafts project like that or selling sales training, it's what are you focusing on? One or two things that you know so well that you can really say, yes, it makes sense. No, it doesn't versus trying to really shoehorn something into everything. Yeah. Definitely. So, I mean, so I, I, the takeaway is again, focus, but it's, if you have this, if you have the side hustle support, what you're doing so you can learn on the side or, or, or how to be a bridge to something you really want to do to set yourself up so that you can make that transition in jobs and have some experience, right? Yeah. Or have it as a hobby. If you just happen to enjoy doing it and then you can make a little bit of money doing it. Sure. But you don't necessarily need to build a full business. You can just do it as something that you do on the side that makes a few extra dollars. Yeah. I mean, what do you suggest to people that are out there right now? Because, you know, again, I'm going to bring it back to Gary. And a lot of times, you know, a lot of the advice from a lot of these super successful people is, you know, if you don't like your job, quit and go do something else. Or, you know, have this side hustle and make a few hundred dollars here or there and, and you know, just hustle, hustle, hustle. What do you think the danger of that is? Um, I, I guess what's the real message and What's the danger message out there about side hustles from your perspective? I think getting distracted. It's, I don't think enough people focus on their craft long enough where, yeah. and we see it all the time, you know, eight months into an SDR role, you're not that happy. So you yeah. start looking around, but sometimes just ride it out for another few months. Do make sure you experience two full seasons. So two summers, two winters, really get to know it. And you'll learn what you like. You'll learn what you really don't like doing. Mm -hmm. And so that'll let you know what to do. I think with a side hustle, it's too easy to say, oh, I got to chase this. And everyone wants to do the super sexy side hustles, but they're also the most competitive and hardest. Mm -hmm. Like the pet industry, what we started in, it was just a sheer coincidence that we happened to be doing it. If I was doing it now, I would be much more pragmatic. But what I would do, and it would probably be the least sexy thing, like selling insoles to old people for their corns on their feet. But it, that's the stuff that you have to make the most at mm -hmm. if you're doing it in a really pragmatic approach. Just really focus on 
what you want to do and don't get distracted. Don't give up super easily. Don't use your side hustle as your lottery ticket to get out of your job. Use it to to export it. Use it or to as a multiplier to get where you want to be going a little bit faster. Use it as a way. Morgan's a perfect example. His side hustle was was the SDR Chronicles. It was creating content. It wasn't to make money, but it was a hobby that really accentuated his growth and what he was doing. Yeah. So really have it be complimentary, but make it a commitment as well. If you don't get any sales or if you don't get any better that first month, don't give up. Yeah. Keep at it. Keep getting a little bit better, but don't use as a lottery ticket to get out of a job that you hate. Because if, and it's so cliche, but really if you won the lottery, you should still want to, the first thing, your first thought when winning the lottery shouldn't be, wow, I'm going to quit my job right away. (laughs) It's, yeah. If that's the case, then you need to kind of take a different perspective on the life view of where you want to be. And again, make sure that what you're doing right now is supporting where you want to go. Because yep. if it doesn't, and that's the one I keep saying to everybody, like everybody comes to me like, John, I, you know, I'm not happy in my current role. Or I, you know, what do you think about this? I'm looking at another job. And my, my question to them was always like, all right, where, where do you see yourself in five years? And I don't mean as far as work is concerned, as far as like what your title is going to be in those type of things, that's, that'll come. But mm-hmm. like from literally from a lifestyle, what kind of car, what kind of house, what kind of family, what kind of, you know, travel, whatever, what does that look like for you? Mm-hmm. And then back into it and say, okay, now, therefore, how much money do I need to be able to make to live that? And therefore, how, what job do I need to have to be able to do that? That's yeah. kind of the big picture. Now, will get me that much money with the least amount of effort. Right. Right. And then how can I get myself there? Right. Because mm-hmm. you can eat a shit sandwich as long as like as long as it's on its way to a plan. But if you don't have a plan, now all of a sudden you're just going to look for a better taste and shit sandwich. And that, you know, yeah. shit. And it's. I made that mistake a little bit early in my career of jumping around a little too much. I still think every move that I made was justified, Mm -hmm. but looking back, I probably would have held it, held on a little bit longer. Like when I quit my first job, looking back, it was, and you always have the rose colored glasses on. It was a pretty good thing. And I left to start a a SaaS company that's still going and quite strong. So I think I did make the right choice, Mm -hmm. but really have that, long-term outlook and that discipline to look at where do you want to be and if you ride out what you're doing right now will that keep getting you there can you keep eating this shit sandwich or are you just trading it for for a smooth shit sandwich to a chunky shit sandwich at the end of the day yeah and and let's um you know add into this the fact that don't don't ignore the fact that a side hustle could also be at your current job so yeah like don't don't uh, ignore asking for additional responsibilities or for instance, here's one very relevant to a lot of people that I talk to, which is, you know, they like the idea of what I do, right. Training and enablement, those type of things. And they're saying like, well, John, how do you get started into what you're doing? And my biggest recommendation is leverage your existing company. So if you're a sales rep right now and you're, and you're good at sales, Define your process, make sure you can explain your process, whatever it is, and then go to the enablement department or go to go to whoever like HR to talk about how they're doing onboarding and what they're doing from a process and a structure standpoint and see if there's some projects you can work on with that company to yeah. help like develop programs and stuff so everybody else can do it, right? Yeah. 
And then from there, you know, that will, first of all, show that you're hungry. And now you have to be executing it, your existing job. You can't not execute at that and do a side hustle. There's no way they'll let that happen. But if you're hitting your numbers, you're doing your thing and you want to take on some extra responsibility, like those are the people, I think Morgan always says that, you know, like do more than what the job description is. If you want a promotion, don't just do the job description and look for the promotion, right? No, be so good that you're putting them in a position where if you decide to stop doing it, they're screwed. Right. Like that's how you get the leverage. That's how you say, move me into this position or Mm -hmm. I want to be the head of enablement when you've been training all the reps. And if all of a sudden you say, you know what, I'm really too busy to be doing both now and I'm not getting paid for this. I really got to focus on my main job. That's when you have that discussion to get into the position that you really want. And even lateral moves. I know a lot of sales reps who have gone into marketing and go write some blog posts for your company for free. Say, hey, can I go into the Google Analytics? Can I see what trends I can find? Can I try writing some ad copy? And there's a great book, The Copywriter's Handbook. It's phenomenal for anyone in marketing, but also in sales. If you can write a really good sales email, you can write a really good ad. Why not do both? And it's just work with the teams. I think that's a good little segue into as we wrap it up here, a few different ideas for side hustles is one, work within your current company, find something that you want to do. Work with a not-for-profit. If you want to make a move from sales to marketing, go offer to do the monthly newsletter for a charity that means something to you. You can probably do a better job than they can. If you want to get into sales, start offering to get donations for a charity. Figure out how you can help somebody else with yours. Monetize an existing hobby that you have. If you're really into photography, go to a show and shine. If you like photography and cars, go to a show and shine, take a bunch of photos of everyone's car, post it on your Instagram page and say, hey, if you want a private photo shoot, send me a direct message and coordinate something that way. Like give it away for free and then figure out something that you really want to be doing. So whether it's um, doing e-commerce or refereeing or having some other little company that can be fairly hands-off, do that. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, we got to get going here. We got to wrap it up. But yeah, I think, um, you know, long story short on, on the side hustle, like I said, like we talked about focus, right? Don't let it be a distraction. Either let it be a bridge to something you really want to do or support something you're already doing, but it has to be part of a bigger plan. Uh, don't just go out there and have a side hustle because you don't like what you're doing now. And you think that by making a few extra bucks on the side, that's going to help because to your point, Lucas, you know, if you just put that extra time into selling something else or whatever it is, it's probably way more than what you're going to make on a side hustle unless you're selling something that's, that's pretty bananas. Um, but that's it. We got a couple of conferences. Did you want to mention anything on the way out the door here? Yeah. So I'm coming down to Boston next week. I'm going to be at Hypergrowth Inbound AAISP event. Uh, we might do a mini happy hour meetup. We haven't decided yet. So stay tuned on social for that if we do it. So hit me up, Lucas at Jay Barrows. Hit me up in the Facebook community, uh, wherever. Message John if you want to meet up. I'm really looking to meet with other marketers that sales companies. So definitely hit me up so we can chat about collaborating in the fourth quarter and in 2019. Yeah, definitely. And I'll be over at 10Bound. Morgan and I will be at 10Bound this week out in San Francisco. So come meet us there. Uh, we got some Make It Happen gear. If you take a Make It Happen, if you take a picture with some Make It Happen gear with us out there and post it. Uh, we're giving away a uh, portal license plus uh, an hour of my time or Morgan's time and some gear. So uh, find us out there on social, find us out there next week and this week uh, at the conferences. And uh, we will all see you on the flip side. Thank you all very much for listening. Make it a great week. Thanks, Lucas. Later.
Ay, me crea, pero... 